Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 101. Thank you for joining us. As we enter the second century of the Colby Cast, Bonnie, Jordan, and I take some time to reflect on the development of the podcast over the first 100 episodes and to look forward to the future. In typical Colby Cast fashion, our conversation takes us down many different paths. We hope that you'll enjoy the journey as much as we have. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. And I'm Jordan. As a product of homeschooling, I'm proud to teach Greek and Latin for Colby online and serve as the alumni and public relations director. Jordan and Stephen, I'm thinking back to when the year 1999 was giving way to Y2K. So much was made of that new century, the new millennium, not starting until 2001. I don't know if that was true where you were. I'd heard a lot about that where in my circles. How do I translate that to this episode 101? Uh, last week we aired episode 100 with Mrs. Diane Muth, one of the founding mothers of Colby Academy. As we embark upon the next 100 episodes, let's take a look back at the school year we are finishing and the conversations we've had along the way. Where shall we start? I think it's interesting that wondering about um, when when the century rolls over when or whatever, they're having that problem with the online academy also because yeah. they're hitting their 10th year, if you can believe that. Wow. And uh, they, but, but um, some of them are wanting to celebrate early. Others are saying you have to <laughs> wait till that next year to really finish off the 10th year. But in terms of the podcast, I'm just amazed that that it's been this many episodes. I, I really can't believe that. A hundred episodes. Congratulations. Yes. To you all as well. Thank you both for being a part of that, for getting us here to this one. 100 episodes, 100 first episode. Thank you for everything. It's been a, quite the ride and, and so much fun still. It has been fun. And I'm, I'm wondering, Bonnie, since you've been on every single episode, maybe maybe only the Colby Man show was the one that you, that you did. I think you were still there behind the scenes. But what what has stood out to you this year? Oh, goodness. When you ask me these questions, I, the things I think of, I think of so many things later <laughs> that stuck out. But uh, I guess that's the most authentic, right? That whatever sticks out at the time. Yeah, I've been, I have been a part of almost every single recording. There are probably a handful that I haven't been on, but have been in the back behind the scenes on most of them. So, you know, actually in episode 100, we added on at the end, a little clip from one of our very first recordings of, that Hope and I did. So it was fun to, in a way, sort of, to go back and listen, humbling as well, to go back and listening to those early recordings. And I liken it to a particular uh, Food Network TV personality whose show I used to like to watch when she first started compared to where she is now it's quite the difference not that I'm anywhere <laughs> anything like her but it's it was like that for me to go back and hear those early recordings so um what has jumped out to me I think overarching theme would be the generosity of you all and of our guests who come and talk to us and they share so much of their of themselves of what they've experienced and of their knowledge and this is not a quick process and they spend a lot of time with us um, before in preparation and afterward following up with resources they send to us and the time they take recording with us and they're very patient 
I, in particular, am given to a lot of wheel spinning, as I call it. And I go in fits and starts that don't end up in the final version, but everyone is so patient with me doing well. I'm kind of working my way through that. And the, the blessings that have come from all these conversations I've been able to have in so many instances, there are questions I've had, concerns I've had, and I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to ask people who can answer those um, and have God working through, through the, all this array of, of folk who have lived so much and experienced so much and worked so hard to glorify him and the gifts that he's given them. Well, I, I know um, from, we know, but maybe the listeners don't know that um, a lot of uh, a lot of the people that come on the show express afterwards how grateful they were because it was a fun experience. And I can speak for my my wife. She was so nervous the first time that she came on, but afterwards she she was just like, that was so much fun. And <clears throat> I attribute that to to um the way that you're able to make people feel at ease. And and so if anyone out there is listening, it's it's not scary, even if you don't like public speaking or whatever. I think it's it's just fine. You're never going to find more gentle hosts than uh, uh, Stephen and Bonnie. And then all the work that goes in behind the scenes as far as editing. And and I, I think that that's something as an overall thing that has really stood out to me is is how much people enjoy they, they think it was a fun experience they're open to do it again after they've done it once and we added steven this year so that's another big highlight yeah definitely <laughs> so it's been a lot of fun and so i don't listen to the podcast as often while i'm mowing lawn now because it, <laughs> it happens before they actually drop so i've i've already had a chance to to listen to them but um but yeah it certainly has started out last year mowing my all my grass here in Arkansas and I just have the listening to Bonnie and the guests and Jordan occasionally coming in. That was a lot of fun, but I'm glad I, it's, it's been fun to jump in and it's, it's a little interesting for me because I tend to just like to talk what I talk about, what I like, what I'm interested in for the most part. So it's been kind of fun to try to figure out what, what I should be doing in a podcast, but but over time it just kind of it worked out where it's like oh I, I should be the voice of a Colby parent which I am to be asking the questions that I'd want to know from some of these great guests and if if I had a chance to ask them and I do so I'm lucky I'm lucky to be be able to, to jump in there. Well, you certainly have added a tremendous amount to our conversations, and you've really picked up on ways to step in and add to the conversation and bring the perspective that you have as a dad, homeschooling dad, your business background, your life experience, your own classical formation, and your path toward holiness, all of that come together to to really add so much to the conversations. And I'm really, really grateful that you stepped in to, to be a part of them. So that has, that's been another highlight. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, it means so much to me that people feel comfortable talking to us, that it turns out to be a positive experience for them. I can certainly relate to the nerves, and so I'm really gratified that that they overall had positive experiences coming to BBS and are willing to come back. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder. Um, I guess something I'd be curious to see is what, have you have you ever been um, just really sort of um, caught off guard or blown away by by one of the guests something they've said you weren't expecting at all? Is there anything like that 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 has happened that you can remember and that made it into an episode? 
know there are plenty of times when we have an outline of what we're going to talk about and the conversation does not go according to that when we have when they say things that we want to hear more about or they continue to expound upon that are that we could not have foreseen or that Stephen and will raise that I didn't think of that you know I think there have been plenty of times when that has happened that it turned out all the better than than I could have planned and that's the working of the Holy Spirit there and there are a lot of times that I think that I have been trying to plan what I'm going to say in response so this is very much a along the lines of of listening to people just conversations in everyday life right like you need to listen to what they're saying right now rather than be formulating your response to what you think they might say so this is a lots of practice at that um, I don't know what about for you Stephen have there been any instances of that where it, something surprised you that came up in the conversation I think some of the you know emotionally moving things are what's really interesting to me and what stands out is our conversation about gifted students which just was a few weeks ago and just almost being moved to tears with that kind of that jo Joseph had about those gifts not defining the the student that's that wasn't their identity and just I mean it's something yes I, I'm aware of but the way he said it and it was just such a an insightful but also moving thing to think yes that's that is a real danger with well with whatever gift you have you know you think your value isn't actually producing something rather than than just being a child of God and you know doing whatever you can to develop that love so then when things go wrong you know you're crushed you know if if that's where your belief lies and I you just said it so beautifully um so that was kind of moving I guess but the conversation with the, we had with the Luns was just I mean, the excitement that they had for the program was was just I there's there's a moment where she says I love Colby and yeah. I, I just kind of want to get that little bit and keep that on my my desktop so I can just play that over and over again with yes. <laughs> I love Colby I love Colby yes but those are two that jump to mind at least but what about you Jordan were you surprised have you had those moments oh I was surprised when um uh dr prudlow disagreed with me on one of the episodes <laughs> actually no i wasn't that that stemmed from a i think that was one of the colby man shows and um that goes back a ways between the two of us but um you know it's it's really cool because i hadn't i've always wanted to talk to him more and spend a little more time talking with him i met him briefly at a graduation for monica his daughter several um years ago but we didn't get a chance to really talk, but I could tell immediately that we had a lot in common. I'd like to talk to him more. So the times that, that we've actually talked have been recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd have to, we'd have to do it behind the scenes sometime. <laughs> uh, but he's, yes. uh, anyway, I, I've, I've been surprised by some of these guests that we bring on and you just kind of hit it off with them and might be the only time that you've talked to them. Um, mm -hmm. But it's it's all recorded, and then the listener gets to tune in and and see how it goes. So that's that's a fun part of of podcasting is meeting new people and and uh, recording your conversation with them. I've been enjoying my children enjoying the podcasts, and it's just kind of fun. Like, oh, where you know, my daughter downloads them every week and listens listens in, and my my son I think is probably not as regular any longer, but uh, still will catch an episode every once in a while and. It's fun to kind of that they enjoy, you know, what we're talking about here. And they, even though 
that's not normally the target audience that I'm thinking about as far as a you know freshman at college and a, and a sophomore in high school, but they still find value in the in hearing what people have to say, the different topics. So that's been a lot of fun. I love that. Hope my sister Hope would talk often about how she appreciated the sense of being a part of the larger conversation of of being at the adults table, so to speak. So I, I love that they listen whenever they do. It's similar at my house, like we had, we're hit or miss with kids listening to episodes here. So I I think the wide appeal that we've got we cover a lot of topics and and it's fun when we have Colby students on that that they have interacted with or they may know of from their interactions throughout the year or the different events that happen. I think that's neat though that you have your focus group at your house. And and you could never imagine like if this were the local public school or something like that and and some of the parents had had a little podcast talking about the school the school it would it would it would be you know the kids it would be an embarrassment to to most kids but <laughs> But it is the sitting at the adults table, that kind of thing that uh, I, I love that about homeschool kids in general. Um, I was as I was coaching basketball this past year, fifth grade girls, there was one girl who from the very beginning really stood out to me in the way that she listened, the way that she would come up and, and talk with me as like I was tying my shoes or whatever. And she'd come over and say, I, I got to go to my grandma's house and she has a pool and just talking about things like that. Whereas the other ones that go to the local school there, they, they would sort of congregate together and had this idea of, you know, we don't talk to, to adult. You're, you're basically the teacher and we don't talk to the teacher yeah. like that. And, and then I found out that she was homeschooled and um, it, and I was like, I knew it. I, I, I just knew it. She, <laughs> she, she had that about her. So I love, I love that there's homeschooled high school and, and college kids that are tuning into the podcast, wanting to hear what the, the adults are saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm just waiting for them to become critical. That's that's the next step is when they start saying, "Hey, Dad, you didn't really bring it on that intro today, so you need to you need to up your game." I'm waiting for that. That's the next no. step, right? Yeah. yeah. No, you guys in your intros, I enjoy those so much. That's like a something I look forward to every week is hearing hearing what intro I'm going to get to to add to the mix. I look forward to it every week. That's as you were talking about, just kind of developing and how you're doing the podcast and you get used to it. You kind of fit into a rhythm. That's been a I'm grateful that at least something's changing. When I first was asked to do, could I do an intro? I think I've spent like a couple of hours carefully, you know, just for this little thing. Eventually you think, really, was that worth the amount of time? <laughs> but now it's kind of like, just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it until it actually sounds somewhat intelligible and, and then just go with it. But it's, it's just interesting how it, you know, it shouldn't have taken that long, but it was, but over time you just get used to the, it's not recreating. I don't. I don't have to try to come up with Shakespeare for every for every podcast <laughs> or whatever. You know. And 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 the upgrades like with technology and all of that. So you so you've grown like in your abilities and and you do kind of get used to things and and hit a rhythm and get better at it just like anything else. But but then there have been I don't know if the listeners can tell, but there have been. We, we've found our way and Bonnie, Bonnie has made her way doing research. What's the best way to, to capture these conversations? What's the, the cleanest way, the clearest way? And so there've been tech upgrades behind the scenes and stuff, even as recently as this year. And uh, 
I expect that we'll keep going. I don't know. I don't know what we can do. <laughs> we can get, <laughs> we can always get better, I guess. But I always like those behind the scenes podcast episodes. And I'm, I'm a behind the scenes, like outtakes and the making of films and TV shows and things like that or, or whatever. So any of the behind the scenes stuff, I'm, I'm all about it. So yeah, we've, we've improved along the way. And that's going back to what you were saying, Stephen, that's very similar experience for me. I have some of the editing earlier in the, I was, I'm having a flashback as I was editing earlier this week to around the one year mark of the podcast. And I was editing an episode then, and it was in like a million pieces and it was taking me, I was going on lots of hours on that one and I was happy to do it. I really wanted it to be just right. As I'm sure you're not surprised to hear, I'm kind of particular about how I want it to sound, but yeah, we've tried to improve our process and the way that we record our conversations to make it going back to that comfort level people have talking to us. We just use Zoom to record. We've tried a couple other things, but we landed on Zoom and we're able to record everybody on their own line of audio for anyone who wants to uh, nerd out with me on, on audio things for a second <laughs> so that we can uh, adjust things that need to be, but also kind of keep it real, give it legitimacy. It's not the super high end, but it it gets the job done and, and we're able to make it sound pretty good, hopefully. Um, it does matter to me. The audio quality matters a lot to me. I want it to sound as as good as it can so that people understand what's being said. And what a challenge. It, I mean, it's there is that extra challenge of everybody having their own equipment and their own setup and you're just to bring everybody. So, we, you know, we've like the the inline microphone on, on ear, earbuds. It's like when they crackle because they're rubbing up against something, mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do to edit that out because it's voice and crackle. And so... Yes. And but the, the the guests don't want. I mean, so we have to talk about. Okay, you're going to have to kind of hold that out or be careful, you know, about mm -hmm. those things. Well, you do that, body, which is nice because I don't have to do that. But um, but nobody wants to end up on the show and and have people cringing in pain whenever they start talking. So it's always <laughs> it's always nice to make sure everything's done well. Sure, there have been just a couple of times when I think uh, guests have felt like, oh, that didn't. I didn't sound. I thought I had a different mic setup or something that that it di I didn't I sound like I'm in a rain barrel or something you know that it, I didn't sound like I thought I did and that's that's hard it's hard for them and it's hard for me I'm like oh I wish I could change that our best shot is while we're getting it recorded in the first place but sometimes it's hard to tell you know we're not using super fancy editing software or anything like that I don't want to give that impression that I'm like in my um, DJ studio or anything like that it's <laughs> very simple tools but but these tools, these tools are really good now. Um, the, the quality is, is, I mean, think about 20 years ago, we yeah. couldn't have done this. And now people are so used to Zoom meetings and things like it's mm -hmm. very easy to get them to come on. They already know what to do. But the listeners should be aware that the the last episode that with Mrs. Muth, we didn't do that in our normal way. That was uh, that was basically uh, Stephen and I hijacking her from her office <laughs> in in Napa. She had just come back from teaching all morning, and then uh, in the Colby offices at noon, everyone goes and prays the Angelus down in front of the crucifix that's um, on the ground floor of Colby. And so, if, uh, they're always wanting visitors, so if you ever want to make a little pilgrimage to the headquarters, you should go check it out. But uh, and go pray the angels with them, and I'm sure they'll feed you also. They love doing it. But um, we just we just grabbed her and said, "Can can we record this um, with you?" And so we had we just did it on the computer. Just opened up our our little 
thing and uh, it was on Steven's computer. Mine was not working for some reason. Luckily, we had a backup. So we have done some things on the fly like that when we can't do it in our normal way. And then um, Bonnie works her magic. So magic, it tries, yes. to, tries, to, tries to make it into something listenable. And so um, anyway, I was just bringing that up because because there are times when we can't just do it the normal way or the or the guest has some issue that, that was happening that affects the audio. But other than that, I mean, it's always very consistent and it's been getting consistently better this whole time. Well, let's just have a laugh about that. How it, an in-person conversation like that is the um, anomaly, right? We're used to doing all these uh, remote meetings and, and recording in this setup. So if we have the golden opportunity to have an in-person conversation with with mrs muth it's a it's a and it actually sounded it sounds great i think it, you guys did a great job getting the sound for that the distinction between that recording and our most of our zoom recordings is not significant i think it, it sounds really good you guys did a good job yeah that was that was a it was a little wild too because we were in we just were in a little room i don't even know what that room is used for now but when i started there in 2013, that was Mr. Everett Byarski's office was was in that room. Now it looks totally different. But I, I was just thinking, how, I would have never thought, could have never thought that nine years later, I'd be in there with Stephen Hayden and Mrs. Muth, and it's a totally different room, and we're recording for a podcast and yeah. all of that. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. Sure is. Yeah. Have there been particular episodes or parts of episodes, conversations, or topics that have come up this year or in the course of the podcast that stand out that you have more to say on that or thoughts you want to throw into the mix? Yeah, I always just end up being really passionate about the anything homeschooling-wise. And you know, so just so many good conversations that actually, whether it's with Colby advisors in interviews with potential advisors and things, or on the podcast, I get confused where I've said things. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, typical of me, but maybe it's of all men as they're getting older, that you just keep telling the same stories and saying, saying the same things over and over again. <laughs> when we first married, we just started like my wife would like number the various rants that I would go on and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, you, you said that yesterday. This is rant number 11. Um, so so you, now you can just say rant 11 whenever you want to start that and we'll just save a bunch of time in the conversation. <laughs> but um, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> so it's, but just the, I just love you know, talking with the, the parents and things and about homeschooling and how wonderful that is for students. And I, and I tend to always think about things in, in like, why does it have to be done the way that it always was? And when I look at a problem or look at something and think, saying to me, well, that's the way we've always done it is about the fastest way to get me to come up with really radically different solutions, because that's just, that just doesn't work for me, you know? So, <laughs> When we talk, start talking about schooling, and I just keep thinking, this doesn't make sense at all any any longer in today's world, where sending all of your kids the same age into a building with, and you know, we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast, but it's just one of those things that it's just so clear in my mind, and yet the world just keeps going on and on and and. It's like if you could just see how wonderful it is to kind of take full control 
uh, take to embrace that um, that vocation that you have when you're married to be the primary educators, and then to if you're able. I'm not everybody's able to do this, but if you're able to participate in that fullest way, where yeah, you're you've got your family there and you're you're interacting as a family, it's just fantastic. And you know, we often talk about how hard it is, and I know there's you know there's conflict, but the the wonderfulness about it is just so much greater. And it might be easier in my family because, or with my wife and I, I guess, than it is for some people because I went through public school. I knew I didn't want that for my kids. I, and I met my wife. She was loved homeschooling. And, you know, even as we were developing our friendship and our relationship, I knew this is the woman I want teaching my children. So before marriage, I was like, no, we're fully embracing this. And I'm, I'm not going to marry somebody who I don't think is the best teacher for my children. Um, that would be kind of strange, you know, uh, but uh, so I've got, I guess I just have this experience where it just seems so obvious and yet I know it's not, it's, it's not obvious to the world. So anyway. Yeah. The different paths where we, how we all end up where we are here now those are so fascinating to hear some some like you have known from the get-go that this is how we're going to go some of us like me we, we did not intend to do it this way and, <laughs> and yet here we are and it's and it's uh this is how it needs to be and i i don't mean to say all of that that again that you other options aren't good because just like some of our parents have said no matter and my wife has always talked about a, a homeschooling parent being a general contractor so i think i've mentioned that multiple times but yeah. so you are in control and you mm -hmm. should be overseeing everything but that might mean that your child is in the local public school but you're just because that's the option the best option that that you have discerned for your child but you know that doesn't mean you get a, a pass then that you've checked out then the, the the parent who's doing that it needs to be overseeing engaging keeping that relationship going and i think it's i think it's just so much harder to do that than to you know be more in control you decide what's what you're going to do rather than fighting with it. other people about what your child is going to be allowed to do but anyway well certainly we have more time this way compared to when everybody was in school we had far less time in the day so there is more so there's the both the challenging and the good that and the challenging can be good but there's the challenging and also the easier happier uh lighter moments the kind of ebbs and flows of the day we get more of that being home together throughout the day we get more of when each of us is at our best rather than when we have given that elsewhere and are depleted from that and and not able to give as much of that to each other in the household from being doing the various other things so it's kind of a, a more complete uh, experience for each of us to to know each other and help each other. So, yeah, we have that was something I noticed almost that first year is how much how the time that we had together allowed us to experience more high points during the day, not just the everyone's tired from school. Yeah, there there's such a a freedom I think in in that that, that people could take advantage of but often they, they, they don't or they they think that they can't and one of the things that I've really felt this year I guess even even as busy and at times like busy and complaining as I was about about things but I really got a sense of gratitude this year that God has 
put me in a role where my thing every day is to is to help families and to help students every day, all all day. That's what it is. So we're the ones who get the opportunity to to focus on this exclusively and look for answers and look for for better ways of of doing things and to communicate that message. And yeah, I, I'm with you, Stephen. I, I like to I like to look for for things, sort of question like why is it done this way, and then to try to communicate that because people it takes a lot of convincing sometimes on this. And one of the things that has come up in, in several episodes, and it's it's a question that I'm like I'm really fascinated by, and I I think it's because of my my background in New Testament studies. But then I've been teaching Latin and classics for so long, and I really see this disconnect between the world before Christ, which are the, the classical literature, a lot of it that we read, and the world after Christ. And so I'm, I'm looking at like these ideas of, in approaching history, and I, f- I feel like what I've do- what, how that's affected me in my role at Colby a lot is now as a teacher, I'm bringing in much more conscious of the literature that that we read what what kind is it what is its form where did it come from so it's not just like all latin is is latin yes it is it is uh, the same language but but um it came from very different people it, it, depending on what which era which which century of latin you're reading and and that that reminds me that the curriculum as a whole, the way that that people are are teaching it, and the way things are structured, I think it's a huge advantage to to give to give young people and their parents this scope of history that actually makes sense, and then you can really understand what your role is in that. And and you know we we're going to be here for a short time, but what is our time? What what is it really? What what are how are we spending our time and how can we participate in this journey of history and especially if you don't understand if you don't understand it at all so it's this sort of integration of this view of history in the way that I'm trying to teach the text that uh, I think a lot of people are doing that at, at Colby but from the structure from the top it's made it's made for that it's it's a it's a Catholic curriculum that is that is displaying that that singular truth and again i'm just really grateful more than anything and i guess i can say that because classes are are all the way over now and stuff so if, <laughs> i don't know if i'd have been saying it a few months ago but i do feel it deeply it's i think that's such a critical thing that people do have that historical perspective and i mean it's something we see constantly that it's Partially, I think, because things change so rapidly these days in, I mean, as far as technology and such. So there's just very quick things are moving, but it's really hard. I think for most, it's hard for me to understand that, that things weren't always like they are right now. You know, with my engineering background, I tend to like to delve that way in, in uh, technology as well. Like, what did, how did cities get water in medieval times? I'll suddenly start wondering, you know, or, or what does it take to make iron? And you start going through that process and you think, oh, we've always had iron or steel or whatever. It's like, no, this is a huge process with all of these different. And you think, how did we ever get to the point where we are today? It sounds just so overwhelming with, with those things. But I think not, 
I mean, particularly reading the original authors and a lot of the history, which I love that happens in the Colby High School history program, that is so, such a good thing to get those different perspectives of, you know, Roman authors or, or Greek authors as, as well, just because it's not refined at all. It's, it's not somebody saying, oh, here's what happened, and they just filter out all of this stuff. You get to hear about what was going on from, from those times and just before it. So really important, really important. Yeah, Edward Gibbon, who wrote the um, the rise and fall of the Roman Empire, um, said uh, some I, I forget where it is. I don't even know if it was in that work, but he said um, those who who uh, don't read are no better than those who can't read, or something like that. And uh, I thought, and I I think this all we should look at this as an opportunity. We should really look at it as as an opportunity to engage in this education, which is an, it's a lifelong education. And really it's a self-education in the end. It's just giving you the, the opportunity to, to do it. But I mean, you can sit in a class and not read the book and still pass the test or whatever, but you haven't, you haven't done anything um, as far as self-educating or, or, and um, yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Stephen, with the, the idea of like these, looking around us and, and seeing how we got here. Um, the, the challenge, the scary thing, I think, for, for our situation is that so much is, is based on Christian principles, which we don't realize, like the, all the arguments are about rights, whose rights are they? But putting it even in that category of rights is putting it in a Christian category, something that wasn't there before. Um, so I'm, I mean, I could go into more details about that, but but I, I think it's enough to say that uh, that one of the one of the things I think we have to do for the future is articulate very clearly how the West it was preserved and and uh, we were given the treasures of antiquity and the modern world through th that it was that it's a Christian thing. It's, it wouldn't have happened innately, just like finding iron and all of that that took people discovering those things um but and and it's sort of the same we are given we are given a huge gift a huge gift to live when we do you know and and it's it's our job to secure that i think for for the future and it's gonna the the so the new battle isn't against i don't think is against paganism like some people do. We don't look at people as barbarians anymore. We don't look at anyone as a barbarian in a global society. But what we do have to do is, is kind of, um, we have to stand up for, for ourselves, for our children, and for our ancestors and say that this is right because it's, it's from God. It's not, you didn't discover it yourself, which is, uh, I think people have assimilated so much in Germany, they they would always say something like they'd be like, "In German, we have a saying: uh, cast not your your pearls before the swine." And I'm like, I don't think that's a German saying. I mean, you're saying it in German, but you know, that's a that's like an analogy to the whole modern society. They're like, we have this without recognizing where it came from. And they so that lack of logic or lack of reasoning, then you get so you kind of. They've, you've got these principles, but then they they try to cut the base out from from underneath. So you get that kind of I won't pronounce this correctly, but the the Baron von Munchausen, the he pulls himself up by the ponytail or whatever. That um, 
you know, that idea. So you just basically have this thing without a foundation then, and it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense then. So yeah, you, you've, you can see the logical sort of fallacies in it, but you have to get the other people, or you have to have people realize that that's because you're based on these Christian principles down here. And now you're trying to throw them out, you know, that sort of thing. It's yeah. really good. I like it when you get into the details, you guys. Yeah, it, I, I, I just, I guess in, in general, I think there, there's a lot of uh, pessimism, I think, for the future because of uh, the recent things that have happened. There's always war. There's always these things going on. The future is, is getting, in some ways, it's getting worse. In some ways, it's getting better. I mean, if you, the outlook of the future, and we, we always focus on one side or the other, but I think we have to take them hand in hand. And one of the things that I'm always really encouraged, and I, I don't think she said it on the recording, but um, Mrs. Muth is very optimistic. And she always says it in a way, I think she did say it on the recording. She always says, she, she's optimistic because we are pro-life and, and um, Colby families and, and others like us, they, they tend to have a lot of children and they're thinking about the future. And she thinks that that will play out big time someday. And I do too. I, 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 I think she's right. I think that, that, that doing this will, we will, we will keep being fruitful and multiplying in, in very many ways. I, I noticed, and I've set off air and kind of, you know, as just an update of my situation here where I live, but we, we are preparing our backyard and we had to cut down a bunch of trees because we have these ideas and these plans to make the yard even more fun for children and to make it beautiful and to have a garden. Quite a few of our neighbors are not happy about that because it takes away a view from them. I don't know exactly the reason, but I, I was telling um, my wife, I think part of it Part of it is in the same way that if you have a big family and you're walking, even if you're dressed nicely and have it look like you have it all together and you walk into a grocery store and you get those looks of people like, why so many kids? And I think that they don't have, a lot of people don't have a sense of the future. And uh, there was a professor that told my wife when she was an undergrad, if you don't have kids, you don't have a sense of the future. And I totally disagreed with it then completely i thought that was that was ridiculous i'm like how, how, what does that even mean then i go and live in germany with the german chancellor angela merkel for all those years who makes decisions without any skin in the game at all because she had no children and i really attribute it to that very basic thing um, and i would tell the listeners don't vote for do not vote leaders in that don't have kids because they're not thinking in this long term way so I think our neighbors, it boils down to, are mad because they're, they want it to stay the way it is right now. They're not looking towards the future. And if you're looking towards the future and, and you're making plans like this and having a big family and doing, doing the things that we're trying to do here at Colby, um, you, you may not have a lot of friends. You, you'll have, you, may, you may make a lot of people mad. But again, Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. And, and I think it can be taken as comfort in this way that, um, that, that we sometimes we are in offense or we do disrupt, but there are a bunch of us and we're all connected in, in, the, in communities like this. And that's, that's, that's what I love. I love about it. 
I, I think that, again, I'd have to agree with Mrs. Muth that it, there is just great hope because of the, the truly faithful Catholics and Christians that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm seeing today, for one. So it's incredible that actually we're seeing it in Catholic schools, how there's kind of this revitalization of that. And they're, they're drawing in people from, from other backgrounds because they want the good education. So you've got this, this Catholic and sort of, you know, principled approach. But then I also love that this return to classical education, this, this return to, and it doesn't have to be classical or other methods, but fundamentally this turning back to the idea that we need to know how to think. We need to know how to be able to analyze what we're given for ourselves and not be a slave and have somebody else just tell us what we're supposed to think about it. Um, and then, you know, so then a lot of that does fall into the classical and not just in the classical sort of method of teaching, but also this embracing of works that have stood the, t the test of time as well. Whenever we start, so this is skipping a little bit. So it makes me think like my, my father-in-law, when he was alive, would say that the best preparation for uh, philosophy and theology as an adult is to read a lot of history uh, and good literature because it gives you this vast experience of, of how the world works, you know, basically. So you're seeing natural consequences and good literature embraces the natural law. You see people who do evil things that they're, you see that they, they have the, the suitable consequences to that, or people who are selfish are unhappy. And so when I, I tend to go back further with those books, I think that have stood the test of time because sometimes when I get more contemporary literature, and especially I, I enjoy fantasy uh, literature at times, but one of the real problems I see there is that there's not an understanding of the natural law. So you get somebody doing a vicious act and then turning around and doing something completely uh, self-sacrificing and virtuous. It's like, yes, that can happen by God's grace, but that's not normally the way that things work. Normally there's these little things building up. So I love that we have this wealth of things to kind of build up the, uh, um, build up our kingdom here. And, uh, those people are going to be able to think and adapt and, and adjust. Whereas what I'm seeing a lot in the world, and this happens in every society, if, if you go down this path of corruption and against the natural law and such, of course, it's not self-sustaining. So you, you can talk about always about how God strikes down these countries, but, but basically they can't exist on their own because they've broken all of the rules and decided to embrace that and reject things. So, um, so, and, and plus by faith, we know we win. So it's, 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 it's all good, but no, I, I'm very encouraged as well by the what the movements that are happening today to restore things. I think we have a, a struggles ahead of us, but we're preparing our, our, our troops well for, for going off into this world. <laughs> it's been neat to have a front row seat as my kids have gotten older. They're, they're middle school, high schoolers now. We've got one more year with all four of them in school. And to see how a couple of years into the high school curriculum, it's how it's coming together. I can see it starting to gel and it, and to parents who are uncertain or hesitant, they're really nervous. I mean, that's me. I, or was me that I'm less so now I like, how, how are we going to do this? Is it going to work? It, it does work. And we have to trust the process and, and Colby has developed this beautiful curriculum and approach and, and this 
formation focused way of of delivering what they have to offer we don't have to reinvent the wheel we don't have to do it all from scratch this this process we have to trust the process and do our part and it, it it's coming together and of course with god's grace and of course we transmit that this is for our children to take up themselves and continue it's not something they receive passively and that's that it's something for them to receive from us and carry forward but i'm happy to be able to see it taking root one of the things I've really enjoyed being on the podcast is because I feel it's one of the ways we can try to build up the Colby community. I mean, because we have, boy, when I, whenever I get around the other Colby employees and we don't get to do it very often, but it's so exciting to to meet such wonderful people who are just passionate about the mission of Colby. But I mean, through this and through our advisors and through our teachers, I just, I want every Colby family to know that they're part of this great Catholic community. And so, I, yeah, we have to keep working on it to make sure that they've everybody's got the support to when they're doubting, when they're thinking, I'm not sure I can do this, or it's like, no, they've got the support to, to help lift them up and reassure them and help them work through those problems. So, you know, we're all scattered off, so it's not always easy, to, scattered around the world, basically. So it's not easy to kind of have that, to know that all the time, but, and so, We'll keep working on it, but it's been nice to be part of the podcast because at least I feel that's one way that we can come together with with a lot more people than are around my house here. At least. Right. But, yeah. Yep. I think it's easy to think that it's all focused on the online school, but it's not. I mean, it, it's very clear through our conversations on the podcast and all the other efforts that Colby has has engaged in to reach out to the homeschooling families as well. I mean. There's oftentimes such a blend. The families are using, they're mixing and matching. They don't. They may do mostly homeschool subjects or mostly online, or they may do all or all of one and the other. But there's also a lot of us who do a lot of both. So it, we found a lot of ways to kind of bring everybody in and and get to hear from the folks who aren't as online based. They're more offline, which is great. It's great to be able to hear from them as well because they have so much to offer. So. Definitely want to keep them in the loop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm really excited about a lot of the, th the things that are developing too, as, as far as what I've heard, um, Jordan, with your, your wife talking about some of the, the uh, updates or different changes they're making to like the homeschool plus sort of program. And um, yeah, just the different sort of ways that we can help support the, the tr more traditional homeschooling families, because I mean, it's, there are people who can just kind of like you're saying who can just they don't need to delegate anything out they can take take everything and just do it themselves but so often there's whether it's like a, a homeroom pro program where you can give your maybe you don't have a lot of other catholics your child's age in your area and you can now go to this homeroom where once a week you get to chat with this nice catholic community and get to know people over the years and that's I just think that's a great way to avoid that isolation or feeling you're all on it your own. So maybe you don't need a lot of the academics, but now you can support that way or or whatever way just happens to come up for the families. Just I love how there is this constant demand within Colby that we be thinking of what do our families need, what ways can we be better, how can we how can we be even better than what we are. So I, lo I love that. Yeah, I I wish. 
I would make another plug for that, uh, for the motto I try to get them to adopt with that cont contended pro omnibus, which means it, it contends for all that because that's, that's what it's been with Colby. I mean, there's all the different levels, all the different ways of doing Colby, different methods. And I mean, that comes from the leadership and, and the, the vision they've had for a long time. So, um, Mrs. Mary Rolls, who is the, the big boss at Colby. When COVID was happening, there was talk about what do we do? All the classes are full. What do we, what, how, how can we handle this? And she was just like, we need to be available for people during this time. Like, let's just open it up. Like we'll hire new teachers. We'll do whatever. We, and, and worked tirelessly to, to make that happen. So even in that moment, she recognized and just knew there wasn't even a, a doubt in her mind that this is the right thing to do. We need to, we need to make this available to the people that need us right now. And no sense of you, you didn't want us before <laughs> you want us now. There wasn't, it was the opposite. It was the opposite of that. And that's all reflected in, in the, the three ways to educate and the combinations between all of them. And so it really can fit your needs and I'm excited to see to see what's going to happen. Um, everything has gotten better, and, and every everything has improved with Colby as well. And become, we're all learning, and we're all, we're. I'm grateful for the people that are there that are that are doing this with me. I th I think that's the the big thing. I, I Stephen's right. Like when we when we get a chance to get together, it's awesome. And this podcast is a little reflection of that. We get to talk with people we would have never been able to talk to before international guests and things like that. So taking advantage of the opportunities that we have and using them for good. Like I said, such a fine example for the students and the families participating that the way that the leadership has, has traversed these challenging past few years and continues to look for ways to improve it. It's like an example to us all. Like we're never finished in this life. We continue to grow and that's reflected in how Colby's programs and, and people continue to grow and develop. I, I guess I would mention real quickly too here is like, even though there is a place for uh, being exclusive and, and stuff, I, that, that could have Colby, Colby did not need to grow. It did, there was no, it, it didn't need to, it could have said, no, we we're fine. We're at capacity. We'll take the best and the brightest students only. You have to like jump through all these hoops to try to get a chance to get into our school. And we, you know, we could have done that several times and that that's not what it's done at all. It's just trying to expand it and give it to everybody. That's been very apparent. Um, and so coming in, being relatively new to Colby, I, I have a vision of what I'm passionate about. And I, I had a good idea of the vision and the mission of Colby coming in, but then you, you need to get in and kind of feel how, uh, how the operation actually works. Do they, do they do what they say that they, do they, do they have that, that sort of integrity? And yeah, just a kind of a shout out to Mary who doesn't put herself out there in front of everybody. She's not all about herself but she is just always spot on on mission and so you can always go to her and sometimes when you're doing different things you just get in the weeds you know you you, you don't you're not looking up at like yes we need to get there you're thinking about oh this is going to create all this extra work and it's going to do this but you know she's she's got her eye on on the target though so if you just 
Okay, yeah, that that's right. We we shouldn't be doing this. We should be heading over there. So that's that's always reassuring when you've got somebody that's just spot on all the time like that. That you you know you've got this compass for the whole organization. So that's been fantastic over the last year. Just getting to know Mary. She's got that long view. Yeah. Well, it's been a fantastic 100 episodes. I'm so grateful to be embarking upon the next 100 with you both and everyone who helps us with the Kobe cast. My sister Hope continues to work with us behind the scenes. You don't hear her voice as much anymore, but she helps us with editing and show note writing and content development, all sorts of things. We have our social media team who helps us so much in so many ways, promoting episodes. Lauren and Bridget work on that with us and, and do such a great job with that. There are a number of people who work at Colby who offer a lot of really good guidance on content that we are developing. So I'm so appreciative for them as a sounding board of sorts. And of course, everybody we get to talk to week after week um, in the Colby organization and outside of it, all the families we talk to. I'm so appreciative of, of everything that everyone offers and the generosity with which people interact with us and work with us here on the Colby cast. It means a great deal. Uh, we always love hearing from listeners. You can write to us, podcast at colby.org. Send us your thoughts, your episode suggestions, your guest requests, things like that. We'd love to hear from you. You can support the Colby cast by rating and reviewing us in your podcast app that you listen to us on. That helps uh, and as I'm sure any podcast listener is used to hearing this sort of plug, that it helps the podcast gain visibility um, for other people who are on the lookout for a new podcast. So that's one way to help us there and, and sharing our social media posts and other ways to spread the word. If, if something that you've heard on a Colby cast is helpful to you and might help someone else. All that to say, please keep in touch with us and write to us. And thank you for listening, Jordan and Stephen. Thank you so much for visiting with me today and for continuing to collaborate with me on this. I'm, I'm so grateful. Thank you, Bonnie. It's been a blast. Yes, yes I've, I've loved our time together, Bonnie. So I have to go back and look at how, when I, I get into the point where I've been on more podcasts than not been on podcasts. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that point and then continuing on here. So it should be fun. Love it. It's been all blessing. It's been all gift. Thank you so much. Subscribe to the Colby cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.